All right, welcome back everybody to another edition of Up in Flames. <clears throat> As always, I am your host, Mo Murphy, and we bring you back another episode. Been on a little hiatus. The NFL season is here, which means it's going to be three, four, five, six shows a week from here on out, talking football, talking basketball. But obviously, with football season here, the Hall of Fame game has passed. Week one of the NFL preseason. Is coming up. It's going to be nothing but content coming from Up in Flames. Whether I'm a guest on the show, whether I'm posting the show of Up in Flames, whether I'm talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes, my Dallas Cowboys, NFL and college football, NBA, college basketball, all that is coming from here until at the very least the end of the NBA season. I am finally back and we'll be right back with you right after this. Warning. You are now listening to up in flames. We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames. We up in flames. Yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Yeah, uh, we up in flames. Hold on, uh, check this go. We up in flames, yeah. We up in, yeah, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. We up in, yeah. We up in flames. We up in flames. Once again, welcome back to episode ninety-one of Up in Flames. We are slowly approaching. Episode 100, we will get to it during this football season, and we will have a celebration of the 100th episode here coming up. But right now, we're at episode 91, and football season is up on us, ladies and gentlemen. And today, we're just going to talk a little football. We're going to, you know, this is a special episode where we're going to do expectations versus reality. So I'm going to talk about a few players, short, quick, sweet show today. Where I'm going to talk about a few players and I'm going to talk about their expectations. And then I'm going to give a reality check of what I expect to see from these players going into the 2022-2023 NFL season. And we're going to start with Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. So the expectation for Tua, this is a make or break year, essentially. I think Miami is looking at whether they're going to move on from Tua or whether they're going to keep him and he's going to be their franchise quarterback. They've added Tyreek Hill, who we will also talk about in this episode, but they've added Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle. They signed Cedric Wilson. They still have Mike Jacecki. They got a new head coach, an offensive-minded head coach in Mike McDaniels, a guy who seems to believe in Tua, and that's kind of what we think we've been missing up to this point from Tua is it's not the lack of talent. It's not whether he can play. It's just for the simple fact, like, is there a coach who believes in him? And we know the... The regime before that wasn't really high on Tua, didn't necessarily want Tua as their quarterback, you know, between the front office and then the head coach and Brian Flores. It just seemed like a lot of they they were quick to move on from Tua. You know, there were possible there were possibilities of Deshaun Watson. So I want to talk about Tua a little bit. And the expectations for Tua, like I said, is this is a make or break year. Um They've put all the weapons around them. They they signed Chase Edmonds at running back. They have a good offensive line. They have a very they have a we expect for them to have a very great defense. Um, probably top five, in my opinion. That secondary is 
arguably second to none. I mean, with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, uh, Javon Holland at safety, like they have a lot of players everywhere. And it's going to come down. The success of the Miami Dolphins is going to come down to the quarterback position in Tua. And so I think the expectations for him is as far as numbers, I don't necessarily want to get into numbers, but I think Tua is going to have to prove that he's a franchise quarterback. And so the reality check is I believe Tua will do that. I believe Tua at the very least will buy himself another year and go into the fourth year of his, of his NFL career and basically prove that, you know, he's a viable quarterback. I think he'll be the Miami Dolphins franchise quarterback. And I think it's going to come down to the fact of having weapons of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson and Mike Jacecki and multiple running backs and an offensive-minded head coach and Mike McDaniels. I look at Tua, and sometimes some people question his arm strength, whether he's able to stretch the ball down the field, but videos of what we've seen in training camp is that he can do it. And just think about it. Like when Tua first stepped on the field, when he made a name for himself, it was in the national championship in he slung the ball down the field in that Alabama game and nothing was a question. But ever since then, it just seems like they've run, they've ran a conservative offense because not everybody in the building believes in Tua, but it's not about the players. I think he's a leader. You know, I think um, a lot of the players believe in Tua, but it's the front office. It was the head coach. There's a lot of people who needed to believe in Tua that didn't. And I think they played a conservative way and it didn't help Tua at all. But now when you look at Tua Tagovailoa right now and you look at how how high Tyreek Hill is on him, he speaks on him on his own podcast all the time and he talks nothing but great things about Tua. You know, I think I think it's just a breath of fresh air right now with Mike McDaniels. Mike McDaniels has spoken nothing but great things about Tua. And we're seeing videos of training camp of Tua just making every throw that you want your young future franchise quarterback to make. And so when I look at Tua, I think the expectation is that you know, he at least buys himself another year. That's the expectation. I think in reality, he does. I think he proves to be that he's going to be the quarterback of the future for the Miami Dolphins. So when I look at expectations versus reality with Tua, I think the expectation is that he has to prove that he is the quarterback of the future. And I think in reality, he does do that. He puts up good numbers. I think the Dolphins are a borderline playoff team. I want to say that they make the playoffs. Um, but I'm not going to put a stamp on that. But I do think he's a borderline. I think they're a borderline playoff team. And it's only because the AFC is so loaded that you could be 10 and 7. We could possibly even see an 11 and 6 team not make the playoffs, which isn't the normal uh, year in and year out. But I think that's a possibility that you're going to see with Tua uh, in the Miami Dolphins. So moving on, expectations versus reality. We're going to keep it in the Miami Dolphins organization. And we're going to talk about Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill has left Kansas City. He got paid his money. Um, he's been talking a lot. He's been on his podcast. He's doing a lot of interviews. He's been talking a lot, very high on Tua. T says, tells us that Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. He tells us it's a little bit different than playing with Patrick Mahomes. He's not saying that Tua is better than Patrick Mahomes, but he's doing what a wide receiver is supposed to do in buying into how good he thinks Tua is as a quarterback. And so Tyreek Hill's doing a lot of talking. And so I think the expectations is Tyreek Hill. We expect to see the same Tyreek Hill 
uh, that we've been seeing in Kansas City. Granted, it's going to be in a different light because he doesn't have Andy Reid calling plays and he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. But I think in a number sense, we expect Tyreek Hill to kind of do the same thing. Numbers might take a slight dip. Uh, and that's where the reality comes in is that Tyreek Hill doesn't have a, a, a Travis Kelsey to kind of take pressure off of him, but he does have Jalen Waddle. Uh, Jalen Waddle was a really good rookie right, receiver, but it was a lot of short routes. It was a lot of put the ball in his hands quick and let him create a lot of opportunity and open space and kind of get the ball short, get it out of his hands and go and go down the field. And I think we'll see that. I think we'll see Miami spread the ball out a little more. And Tua, I mean, not Tua, I'm sorry. Tyreek Hill is such a deep threat down the field that I think he's just going to change the whole dynamic of the Miami offense. And so if I expect Tua to put this, I mean, if I expect Tyreek Hill to put up the same numbers, as he did in Kansas City, I don't think that's fair to him. But he also has, I won't say better weapons because he doesn't have a better quarterback, but his one-two punches with Jalen Waddle, who is coming out of the wide receiver position, and we're talking about tight end Mike Jacecki. He is no Travis Kelsey, but he's a solid tight end. And then they have Cedric Wilson, who's going to play. All three of those guys are going to take turns to play out of the slot. Mike Jacecki is going to be that guy in the middle. He's going to be to a safety blanket. So, when I look at Tyreek Hill, I think the expectation is that he's going to put up close to the same numbers and same style of play uh, that he did in Kansas City. But in reality, I think his numbers are going to take a dip, but I think his impact on the field is going to remain the same just because the way of him being a deep threat, the way of him being able to spread the ball, you know, spread the field around, he's going to get he's going to get your best corner. And I think it's going to open up opportunities for Jalen Waddle. I think he's going to open up opportunities in that seam, in, in that safety blanket for Mike Jacecki. And I think it's going to help in the run game with Tyreek Hill being so deadly, being able to do reverses. I think there's going to be a lot that the office can do. So numbers wise, in reality, I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to put up the same numbers. But impact, I think he's going to have the same impact, if not a bigger impact, on the offense in Miami. Moving on from Tyreek Hill, I want to talk about a second-year quarterback, and that's Justin Fields. So we look at the Chicago Bears. They brought in a defensive-minded head coach. They've kind of committed to the defense. They haven't, you know, with trading up for Justin Fields, they didn't really have the draft picks to fully commit on Loading up the offensive line. We've seen reports Byron Pringle got in trouble. Nikhil Harry has a high ankle sprain. They traded for him. And his best receiver is Darnell Mooney, who was a little bit over 1,000 yards last year. I think we expect for him to build off of that. I think that connection from Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney was pretty ecstatic from the beginning, but it's not. it was very underwhelming as far as the performance of Justin Fields and the, the Bears' offense as a whole. Uh, but I think with a new head coach, I think with a new offensive coordinator, I think it's a breath of fresh air. We know Justin Fields is putting in the work. Everybody's speaking highly on Justin Fields out of the building, but we also know this is a bad team. So the expectation that I think you should have on Justin Fields is just a simple fact. Like we're looking at him building on year two from year one. We expect him to play a little bit better. We expect him to make that leap, but I don't know if the leap that he makes is going to be on team success because this just really isn't a very good team. I mean, this is a team where if Justin Fields is under, if he's underwhelming this year, we could be talking about they're trying to get, you know, uh, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or one of those top quarterbacks in the class, maybe Spencer Rattler if he has a big year. So 
I think there's pressure on Justin Fields, but at the same time, like this is almost like him going through his rookie year all over again. New head coach, new offensive coordinator, new system. He's learning everything new, and it almost seems like he's going the Baker route because I just don't think this team is going to be of any good. His weapons are underwhelming. They lost Allen Robinson to the LA Rams, so his best wide receiver is Darnell Mooney. Cole Komet is probably a solid tight end, nothing great, but if he could start building off of that, and I think if Justin Fields could take the step in the right direction, I think in reality, this is a guy who shows the Chicago Bears like this. I'm a guy you could build around. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that they're going to be able to build around. And, and I think Justin Fields is going to have a good year, too. But I don't think it's going to come with team success. I don't think his good is going to come in wins and losses. And I'm not all, even 100% sure his good is going to come where you look at the numbers and you'd be like, yeah, that's a great guy. But I think. You're going to have to watch the Chicago Bears and understand that this is a rebuild all around, bringing in new personnel, bringing in new head coach, a second-year quarterback who's essentially operating like it's his rookie year um, with all the with all the changes within the organization. So when I look at Justin Fields, I think you have to be a little soft on, on evaluating him and really giving up on him. But the pressure is on him because he does have a new regime coming in. And, uh, you know, Matt Uberflus, or Uberflus, uh, the head coach, He's a defensive-minded guy. He's coming in, taking the job. Justin Fields is not the guy that he drafted, so there could be a little bit of hesitancy of this, you know, of the head coach moving forward after this year. If Justin Fields doesn't show any promise, he could be quick. You know, coaches got to protect their jobs too, and if you feel like Justin Fields is not the guy that could get it done, then I very well could see him moving on. But I think with Justin Fields, you just have to be patient. Treat this like the rookie year, and I think next season – will be the true evaluation of whether he's going to be the future franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears or whether they're going to move on and get a quarterback in the draft or trade or free agency or bring in a bridge guy because they have their eye on some freshman quarterback who will be draft eligible in two years. Uh, I think there's a lot of questions there, but I think with Justin Fields, I think reality is I think Justin Fields is going to show that he's the guy moving forward. And I think the Bears are going to be able to build around him and they'll be able to evaluate how they're going to build around Justin Fields moving forward over the next two to three years in that new regime over there in Chicago. Keeping it, you know, with second-year quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence. So Trevor Lawrence probably had the rockiest rookie year at when it, when it comes to circumstance. He go, you know, he gets drafted number one overall by Jacksonville. Obviously, the whole Urban Meyer kind of being a dickhead as a head coach uh, and the whole Urban Meyer situation. So, he was playing with an interim head coach. He was playing behind all the drama. Apparently, Urban Meyer was just a horrible head coach, right? And, and just wasn't able to lead the NFL franchise, which caused him to get fired. And they went into interim head coach. Now they have Doug Peterson as the head coach. And so I think it makes us raise the expectations for Trevor Lawrence when this is a guy who was arguably the greatest prospect since Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning. So when we look at him, we expect him to have success. They brought in Christian Kirk. They still have LaVisca Chenault. They have Marvin Jones Jr. So they have some weapons. Travis Etienne is, is coming into the season healthy. So he'll have a one-two punch with Etienne and James Robinson at running back. Obviously, he has rapport with uh, Travis Etienne anyway because they were college teammates. So when I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence, I think the expectations is almost the same as Justin Fields. We expect him to take a leap. I don't know if it's going to ultimately be with team success, but I think some expectations are a little bit higher but in reality, I'm looking, I'm evaluating Trevor Lawrence like I'm evaluating Justin Fields. Like, I just expect them to show us improvement 
you know, I expect Trevor Lawrence to show us improvement in his second year, show us that he is the guy that was drafted number one overall, rightfully so. He was a, he was the dude in college. And so when I look at Trevor Lawrence, I'm just thinking that he's just got to prove his worth. He's got to prove his value. He's got to prove his stock. He was the number one overall pick. So the word bust is going to be attached to him if he doesn't perform up to standards. But I think you have to slow down on your expectations. I think in reality, I think this is going to be a solid year for him. I think he's going to have, you know, he's got enough weapons where he is going to be able to make some plays. They still have a decent defense, but overall it's a bad team. So I don't think the expectations for team success is high, but I think all you want to see for Trevor Lawrence is just for him to build on, you know, last year being a down year, a bad year, a horrible, you know, first start into NFL career. So I think he'll be able to do that. I think he'll show some flashes where we're like, okay, this is the guy that we evaluated as a prospect. And so I think throughout all that, he will continue to be the quarterback of the future for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think he'll benefit, you know, from Doug Peterson. We've seen what Peterson did. You know, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You know, Carson Wentz looked like an MVP candidate uh, up before he got hurt. You know, playing under Doug Peterson. We know they like to spread out that offense. It's a high octane offense under Doug Peterson. So I think he's going to work to make that, you know, I, I think he's going to try and make that happen in Jacksonville. And if Trevor Lawrence is the guy that we evaluated him as, coming into the, you know, coming into the NFL, then I think Doug Peterson will have a lot of success at the very least on the offensive end with Trevor Lawrence. Another guy, a guy, a, a wide receiver on a new team, Devontae Adams. So I talked about Tyreek Hill being on a new team. Devontae Adams, he went to Las Vegas. He got his money. He got paid. He didn't really want to be in, in Green Bay anymore. And I think part of it was really just, the inconsistency of what Aaron Rodgers is going to do in the future. And Devontae Adams has kind of said, like, it's not that he didn't want to stay in Green Bay, but he didn't want to be there if Aaron Rodgers was going to be up and down on whether he was going to play year in and year out. And he kind of just didn't want to deal with the drama that goes with Aaron Rodgers as close as they were. I understand it from a standpoint of being a top-tier wide receiver. The last thing you want is quarterback questions and whether he's going to play year in and year out. And you actually have to deal with that. So when I look at... uh. When I look at Devontae Adams, he's now in Las Vegas and him and Derek Carr, former college teammates, he always said that he wanted to play with Derek Carr again if he ever got the opportunity. And now he has the opportunity. And I think it's a big year on Derek Carr as well. But I'm looking at Devontae Adams like, show us your impact, right? Like he was great in Green Bay. And now I think his numbers are going to take a little dip uh, just because like he's not He's going to be the premier guy, but he also has good role role player wide receivers in the sense. He's got Hunter Winfro. He's got Darren Waller. They got Josh Jacobs in the backfield. I know they had Aaron Jones in Green Bay, but he does have Josh Jacobs. He has a pretty good offensive line. Uh, and maybe you're talking about taking a dip. Obviously, you're talking about taking a dip. It's, it's a little bit of a downgrade of quarterback going from Aaron Rodgers, a true you know Hall of Famer when his name and time comes, to Derek Carr, but I still think with having that rapport, with having that friendship and then just having that chemistry and knowing how good Devontae Adams is, like, I don't think we're going to learn that Devontae Adams is the, you know, I don't think he's a product of Aaron Rodgers. I think Devontae Adams is that dude. I think his numbers will take a decline because there's more times to spread the ball around. But I also think like as much as we were seeing him double teamed and pressed by a corner and putting a safety over the top consistently, while he was in Green Bay, I think there will be more just one-on-one -on -one matchups that you'll see Devontae Adams be able to take advantage of because you do have Hunter Winfrey that a defense has to account for. 
you do have Darren Waller that defense has to account for. And so when I look at that, and they, they have Keelan Cole Jr. or Keelan Cole Sr., uh, my apologies, but they have Keelan Cole. They have this rookie wide receiver who had a decent Hall of Fame game that people are very high on. So they have a lot of weapons over there in Vegas where Devontae Adams isn't going to be the full, you know, focus from a defensive standpoint. Yes, you're going to put your best corner on him and you're going to tell, you know, it's his job to lock him up night in and night out. But I still think he's going to benefit in certain games with having Hunter Winfrey and Darren Waller. But I do think his numbers will take a little bit of a dip because he has Hunter Winfrey, because he has Darren Waller. So when I'm looking at Devontae Adams, I think his impact is going to be pretty much like Tyreek Hill. I expect his impact to go to Vegas and be the same. His numbers might take a little bit of a dip, but he's also going to be put in a lot better situations to eat as an individual and as a wide receiver. And so I'm really looking forward to, I'm looking at the Las Vegas Raiders and I'm really looking forward to, you know, what Derek Carr and Devontae Adams are going to be able to do together in Vegas. And I'm probably very high on the Raiders. I think adding Devontae Adams to already playoff team has really upped the score for me on how good I think the Vegas Raiders could be. And I hate to say it because my homeboy Hefe, he's a he's a big Raiders fan. So I hate to show love to people that, you know, my homies that that love teams. But when I look at it, I'm like, this is already a playoff team that went through the turmoil of all turmoil last year, losing their head coach, uh, arguably their best wide receiver, their most important wide receiver, their second best wide receiver, however you want to look at it. Got into some trouble, obviously had that incident happen with him. So when I look at all that and for Derek Carr to show that he was the leader and carry them to the playoffs, and, and they were within a play of beating the Cincinnati Bengals, who essentially won the AFC and went to the Super Bowl. So it's not like the Raiders were a fluke team and they improved this year, adding Chandler Jones and obviously mainly adding Devontae Adams on that offensive side of the ball. So expectations is I think Devontae Adams is going to be a top three wide receiver. And in reality, I think he's going to hold up his bargain. His numbers could still take a dip, but I think when you sit there and you watch Devontae Adams, I think you're going to feel like you're watching a top three wide receiver. So before we close out, I got one more player I want to talk about, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he has to have high expectations, right? First off, he's a Hall of Fame, a future Hall of Fame quarterback. He's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league year in and year out. Arguably the best, one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen in NFL history, and he lost his best wide receiver. He lost Devontae Adams, so it comes in full circle talking about what I expect Devontae Adams to do, but then it's also, this is also the back-to-back MVP. Four-time MVPs just won back-to-back. So we are talking about literally one of the highest performance quarterbacks uh, in the NFL right now to win back-to-back MVP. And so I think the expectation for Aaron Rodgers is, I think, you know, I think people expect his play to take a dip. Like, without Devontae Adams and not really having a true number one wide receiver, it's not like you replaced him with a guy who maybe isn't as good. You lost him. You lost Valdez Scantling. As of right now, Alan Lazard is the number one right receiver in Green Bay. And never once have I watched Lazar and felt like, oh yeah, he's a tier one guy. He he's if he's your number one wide receiver, I don't even know if he was a solid number two. That's my best wide receiver on the team. And I'm depending on plug and play guys and, and a rookie wide receiver and Christian Watson to get it done. I know Aaron Rodgers is great and I think he would be able to make average weapons look better. I do think he is that type of quarterback. But the expectation can't be that you're going to see him build off his back-to-back MVP seasons. I think he's going to take a, take a dip in production. I think the offense is going to look a little different. And I think they're going to rely more on defense and the run game 
you know, Aaron Rodgers is not a guy that puts himself in jeopardy. You know, he'll throw the ball away before he'll throw an interception, essentially. But I think they're going to rely more on, I think, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to get a lot of work this year. I think there's going to be a lot of checkdowns. You know, uh, one of his offensive linemen is hurt, so that kind of that, that kind of takes away with how good the offensive line can be in protecting Aaron Rodgers. But I really just, I, I think we're going to see a dip in numbers. And I think we might even look at Aaron Rodgers and, there could be some people who, if they don't fully put everything in the context and evaluate the situation, I think they could feel like they think Aaron Rodgers has, is on his decline, but it's going to take, I think later in the season, we'll see a lot better Aaron Rodgers in the beginning, but I think it is going to be some growing pains. And I think throughout those growing pains, I think the Green Bay offense uh, as a whole is going to rely on the run game and their defense because their defense is probably going to be a top five defense. And that, that one-two punch with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon has a possibility to be a monster attack uh, running the ball. We know A.J. Dillon is a horse. We know Aaron Jones can catch the ball out the backfield. Like, he could do it all. He could run in between the tackles. He could run outside. So, when you look at that, I think they're going to, until they get everybody situated, ready, and comfortable, Christian Watson comes into his own as the season goes on and everybody starts getting that confidence offensively. I think there's going to be a decline in play from Aaron Rodgers, and I think it's just because they're going to rely more on defense and their run game. So that closes out this show. Like I said, short, sweet, simple. Uh, just wanted to get back into talking NFL, right? Like I'm going to be having show after show after show. Like I said, Up in Flames is going to be coming with content. Everybody at offtheballnetwork.com. Quick plug in. Make sure you go check out offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs and entertainment. But see you Sunday is coming back, hosted by our good old couch coach. Uh, I'm going to be launching a new show. On mine, but a new segment on Up in Flames with Friday Night Lights where we basically do a preview of the college football on Fridays prior to that Saturday. You know, that Saturday slate of games week in and week out. I'm going to be covering some high school football here in the local area of Corpus Christi. So there's a lot of things coming up. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I had to take a break. I had to figure out the direction of the show with football season. It gets hectic. Things come up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know... You got to take that break before you go full in because once football season starts, it's nonstop. And then basketball starts in the middle of football season. So it's going to be a lot to cover. So, but at that, I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening. Follow me on Twitter at Mo underscore Cheese 15. Follow me on Instagram at Up in Flames Pot. And also follow me on TikTok at Mo underscore Cheese 15. If you're watching this on TikTok, you're able to see some clips from this show so if you don't want to listen to the whole show but you want to hear some things that i touch on then make sure you follow me on tiktok at mo underscore cheese 15 as always i appreciate everybody for tuning in i appreciate everybody for listening and on that note up in flames is 